right, so here we are on Friday at Spiel 2017, and very fortunate, very happy to be joined by uh, Mr. Rondell himself, some would say, uh, Matt Gertz. So, Matt, thanks for thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, I Hello, appreciate everybody. it. Yeah. yeah, so I actually just walked by your booth. You had just finished teaching Transatlantic to folks. Yes. And I was trying to set up an interview with you, and you're like, how about we do it now? <laughs> okay, now is a good time. I appreciate yeah. that. Yes. Um, so, okay, so you... What's your history? What, what got you interested in designing games to begin with? I have always been interested in designing games. I started designing games uh, when I still was going to school. Uh, but uh, those were prototypes only played in private circles. And uh, it was a hobby of mine for many years. I had a devoted group of friends who used to play with me at Friday nights. And uh, someday my good gaming buddy Peter and my friend uh, who has the PD games, Falach uh, now, said, well, we should publish one of your games. And then we started uh, to design a game and Antigua was published in 2005. And it was uh, quite a different thing to design a game for the open public than just to make... As opposed to just a small group of friends. For a small group of friends who knew me and who were ready to play with me all night, five-hour games which didn't finish. Uh, so the process of designing a game for, the, for, 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 for publishing it was, uh, was quite a different, different task. So why is that? Why, why just as far as market viability and like as far as uh, being able to sell that type of game or designing a specific game for a specific market? Yeah, uh, you should um, define a market uh, beforehand. It's a very special group I'm playing with privately. And uh, then I started going around with my prototypes to different gaming groups and presented it there. And um, there I learned a lot about the reaction of people who are, were not used to my kind of games, were not used to things like that. I tried, uh, I started to simplify things, to shorten things, and to streamline things. I started to write down rules, proper rules. Oh, as opposed yeah. to just word of mouth? Yes, yes. <laughs> so that was a challenge, but uh, Antigua was quite successful in 2005. Got immediate audience in the public. It was really, really amazing experience. So. How did you, how do you, you said you had all these prototypes with your small group of friends. Yeah. But what is it that inspires you to create these games and, and the types of games that you do? Oh, I've always been interested in history. And, uh, and uh, I studied economics, so the combination of history themes and economic mechanisms uh, is, uh, quite, was quite natural to me. And studying economics as well. The economist um, tries to model the world, yeah? Sure. At the university we have curves of supply and demand and we are trying to build simple models on the reality of existence. So this is more or less what you do when you design a board game, yeah? You have models to represent the reality in a way. So 
a little bit similar approach, yeah. not oh, the same, okay. but, but right. maybe there may be some some similarities similarities in that approach. So, so does it is it the theme that comes first, or the specific aspect of history that comes first, or is it a certain mechanism that you no, usually it's, it's wrap it around? The theme. Definitely. It is. It is the theme. I'll take a transatlantic, for example. I had so many different prototypes, I had different mechanisms, I had the rondel, I had a worker placement, I had the cards, I abandoned the cards for the worker placement again, now finally there's the cards, but it always has been a game about steamships. So that was the thing which I wanted to design with. So why, why steamships specifically? What, like what, what is it about that aspect that you were um, like, you know what, um, I want to make a game about that? I was born in Hamburg, I live in Hamburg and I will die in Hamburg, so I have, <laughs> it's one of the most important harvests of, of, of Germany. And so I always had a fable for, for shipping and, and shipments. And when I left university for my first work, I went to the Hamburg Port Authority. And uh, as a student, I already was a trainee for some time at the Hapag Lloyd, uh, so uh, there was uh, some, some already some connections to the sure, that makes sense. Shippers, yeah. All right, so now Transatlantic has been under development for a number of years. Yes. So, what was that process like? Because obviously, now that the media is more involved, whether it's us or other people, your Obviously, we've been waiting for this game. We've heard about this game for a number yes. of years. So, first off, why did it take as long as it took? Not saying that it's a bad thing. And secondly, what changes from when it was first announced a couple of years ago to now? Uh, the initial idea was to make an investment game out of it, where the players invest in different companies, and the shipping companies were the ones who make the shipping uh, running and earning money and things like that. So I was designing an investment game and trying to add some maritime flair and history on it. And to put that all together in a streamlined good game within a time frame of two hours, it was very, very difficult because if you have a good investment game with a good shareholder mechanism, uh, where's the history of shipment then? Yeah. So, um, and so finally, we so one year ago we decided, no more shareholder mechanic, no more investment game. Let's concentrate on that. What what's our real goal to make a game about shipping? So you don't invest in shares of ship, shipping companies. You are, now you invest in ships. You're the shipping company and, and yourself. The, right, you buy right, ships, right. you let them run. Now we have 50 individual ships with all the historic names and historic data. They all have been painted very, very nicely by our graphical artist, Dominic. Um, and it looks amazing. The artwork it looks, looks really, fantastic. It looks amazing. I was well known for good games and with bad covers. <laughs> 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 and now, uh, I don't say it's now the opposite round, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now the game is... Yeah, but the, man, it looks no, but amazing. The, but no, 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 yes, I'm very, very happy with working together with Dominic. He's new in the business. He's a young, young boy of 26 years old. A young boy, 26. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
All right. So it seems to be selling well here as well. It is. It is. That's got to be exciting. It says like, uh, yeah, people have been waiting some years for. We we, yeah. we have we have. And, and Concordia has been a steady success since publication in 2013. Now the normal thing with my games was I publish a game, then it sells very well. It's well received the first year, and after that, sales drop. Right. Sure. Because I mean, it's a natural. Always that's a natural way how, how things goes and how things went with all my games because there are always new new games, new stars on the horizon. Sure. Yeah? So um Concordia is the opposite. I'm well, very I was very so astonished but because uh, sales never dropped since publication. And on Board Game Geek, if you look at Board Game Geek, yeah, uh, so the 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 it's it's rising, still rising after so many years. Well, it does help that you keep putting out new maps, which kind of yeah. helps revitalize yes. everything. Yes. Absolutely, we did not do that before. That. Right, and yes. that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 got it's had very long shelf life or, or good legs to it. Yes, and yeah, just uh, Concordia certainly is a game which you have to discover from the first one two uh, times you play it. You you will not you will not really get it. Yeah. You get. You have to get into that game to, to know. Absolutely, that. but that's that's true for all your games, whether it's something like an Imperial yeah. or something like that. So I'm curious, and I'm not saying you were trying to make the same game. So please don't take it that way. But when you said an investment game, my my immediate thought was Imperial. Yes. And so, kind of, were you trying to use kind of like the bones of Imperial? Yes. Trying to make that fit with Transatlantic? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that because honestly, I think Imperial is my best game. <laughs> and I I I I'd be hard pressed it's to not, argue with it's that. It's not the best seller, but I think it's my best my best design. Okay, it's, so, is it's, it the one you're most proud of? Uh, yes, it certainly okay. is. It's it's so intricate and so challenging. And it's always different come outs. It's uh, it's really amazing. It and really is. And this is a design which originally is from the 1980s. I started wow. with the Imperial when I. In 1980-something, there was the first. Um, there were already there was a Rondel, there was investment, there were nations in the old Europe before the First World War. That was Imperial, but it was quite different at that time. The the shares which you bought from the nation, they all were different shares of different industries. You you, you did not invest only in the in the country. In the right. You, in, invested in the coal industry or in the or in the agriculture of someone or in the in the steel industry of, of a certain certain country there was trade of goods between those nations uh, there was um, there were a lot of things the rondel had 16 spaces instead of only eight now now how it's now and so it was a different game always played for six hours or more and never <laughs> really ended <laughs> it was big fun it was completely not made for the market and now, uh, now so, okay so I'm curious about that so you you have gone from designing these these prototype games for the small group that were these massive big long very involved games, from what it sounds like. Yeah, which also required a certain mentality on things. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So now, I wonder, because the market is getting bigger and there are heavier games getting more and more traction, yeah. is that something that you ever want to go back to? Or is it you are very comfortable 
in the 90 minute, two hour time frame, something like a Concordia or Transatlantic or something like that? Do you want to stay in that I want model? To I want to stay in that time frame. I want okay. to make challenging games with easy, short routes for a wide audience. That's, okay. that's what I and want. And that, that's what you're comfortable yeah, with? That's what yeah, you enjoy yeah, yeah. designing? Short routes, but a deep game, which can be finished within two hours and which is fun. Okay. And that there's not, 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 not no any dice. chance of dice rolling or things. I, I do not like that. I'm a chess player <laughs> from originally. Uh -huh. my, okay. my, my first gaming group, they were all my mates from my chess club. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. This is me just being a very curious gamer. Okay. You're kind of known as the Rondell guy. Yeah. Uh, how did that happen? Do you see yourself as the Rondell guy? What? How did you become? How did you start? Uh, start with the Rondell and decide. You know what? Hey, this is kind of cool. I'm going to use this in multiple games. Um, my old designs, which I made in private circles, uh, I. Oh, back in the 80s, Imperial already had a rondel, so they, right. the most of them had uh, had a rondel on it, and it's a nice mechanism. So I published it, and now I I learned that no one had used that before. <laughs> <laughs> and the, so, uh, in such a way, yeah. right? Sure, sure. Yeah. And you obviously enjoy it, and it, it it is it one of those to where you plan on incorporating a rondelle or is it one of those oh well a rondelle would just happen to work uh for the type of game that i'm trying to design um the rondelle is a good device uh to to have short turns uh, uh, with limited choices and, but where you as well can plan ahead because you on the model you can very well plan ahead two three more turns and you can also see what are the opportunities of my opponents yeah you can always take into account now these are the choices of my opponents now at the very moment so. and so this actually goes back to your chess background then yeah. being able to yeah. not only play your game but play your yeah. opponent's yeah. game now with the card mechanic of of, of Concordia now Transatlantic, um, um, uh, there's more hidden hidden choices. Yeah, you have more opportunities. Not only one, two, three fields ahead, but you have all your cards on your hand, and you do not exactly. It's very hard to track which cards your opponents have on your hand, and now at the moment, so there's a bit more suspicion. So how, how did that come to be then? As somebody who doesn't like a lot of randomness and doesn't like luck in their games, um, it's not a random. You know, understood it's, because it's not random. It's not random because you have in Concordia you have the card display, so you always are aware of what cards you're you're selecting. Yes, and you know that your opponents, if you're able to remember this, that your opponents bought card A, B, or C. Yes. So it's and you just don't know in what order they're going to play those cards. So no. what made you choose that direction with Concordia? I I cannot really tell. Okay, <laughs> all somehow, right, fair enough. It's, um, it's, uh, it's somehow developed. I have, uh, I, the card mechanic has more more possibilities for more variety of play. Okay. Yeah. 
So another question then, do you enjoy your games after they're published? Yeah, as yes. far as personally playing them, do you still? Yes, you yes, do, really? yes. I still enjoy Imperial. I hardly have the chance to play it, but I enjoy it. I still enjoy Concordia very much, and I still enjoy Transatlantic, yeah. Huh? And Ticket now and then. Um, I did, for a long time I didn't play Hamburgo Machu Picchu, not so much. Okay. Not so much. Don't know why, but uh, but no, I think. Um, Concordia is an awesome game. We now have many maps to choose from, and it's always a different layout. So, no, I, I'm, I, so there's I, always variety guaranteed. I own all the maps, and I picked up the new one already. Oh, yeah. So very, Good. very excited about it. Yeah. So it might be a little too early to ask, but obviously Transatlantic has finally come to market. It, like I said, the reception has been positive so far, and yes. it definitely seems to be there selling well. There will be an edition for the English-speaking world for Rio Grande. It already has been produced. It left the, left the, the factory and now has to be shipped somehow to America. Okay, yeah. all right, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything already in the work for whatever is next or is it time to take a break because transatlantic took a while and now it's time to enjoy that transatlantic you... took more than a while <laughs> <laughs> i was being i was being nice I, yeah <laughs> honestly no um i'm just, i'm now just taking my break enjoying what uh, the fruits of your labor the fruits of, of my of my labor of of, of several years and um, then I have to settle down and see what will be my next project. I'm undecided at the moment what okay. to do. But um, certainly Transatlantic has the possibility of expansions. There were certainly more than 50 ships in the world. Yes, that is a fact. <laughs> so, and uh, maybe so to add some more ships of different era, some newer ships perhaps of the 1920s, 1930s, 1950s, maybe something like that. Uh, maybe some more action cards, maybe an expansion for f that you can play it with five or six players. So far, it's only played with four. So I think there might be something inside that okay. uh, that uh, was worth retrieving. Okay. So yeah. so is it um, so on the uh, before I let you go? Then that actually brought up a, a good point. Is this stuff? that was cut out like I, I, whenever you go through development phases yes. you're usually uh, in my discussions with designers they trim down as opposed to yes. expand yeah. and so is it okay we have the core game we're very happy with the core game but now okay we have these things that got cut out that could be expansions mm -hmm. and you then further develop those and turn those into expansions or is it completely new stuff that was never in the process to begin with? Um, um, for most of the time, it was a five-player game. Uh, we cut out the fifth player, finally decided to do that. Why is that? Um, because uh, it is the same with Concordia. With five players, it takes a little bit longer than with four players. And uh, if you want to present a game here at the fairs and everyone is playing it with five players, it may be take too long for a first, uh, for a first, first time. And okay. we said, now let's do it only for four players and then, uh, then it's, it's already okay. We may add a fifth player later on. Like Settlers of Catan, 
the original design before publishing that was more than four players. So give it, get, let people get experience with the game and then if they want to add more after that? I think it's best with four players. Okay. I think it's best with four players. So let people play it now at the best player numbers and then later on offer more to them. We are, but this is not the only variety we, can, we have on offer. There are already two variants included in Transatlantic. Now you can uh, play it, which was also our original game, uh, with contracts. So where you win contracts in every category of tonnage, speed and passenger capacity. Those are the real technical data of those 50 ships. Um, so they played a very, uh, very important role in the whole game and uh, you win contracts if you set up a new record in one of these three categories in each region. Um, uh, this is a variant now. We cut it down and said the basic game is without those contracts. The technical data in each, each technical data still plays a certain role. There's still an action card for everything right. so that everything is useful at some time. But the, the real game was playing it with the contracts as it was originally designed. So and it, this was also a design decision, a decision trimming down the game, cut the player numbers to five, make the contract very make the contract play to become only a variant and the base game being easier. Gotcha. So think of it as the advanced game then, but it, the, with the contracts is how you originally, or not originally, how but how you, how you yeah. really see the game really flower. How I really see it and how it was uh, designed in the first place. And then later on it was trimmed down without contracts one player less so this is a good example of what you already told me right about. no yeah. okay yeah. very cool so i'm i'm yeah. excited to go get me a copy so i'm looking forward to it the other variant is if you play with a different ship market shipping market because now you play ship market where you pay extra money depending on the position on the ship market. So the first ships are cheaper than the, than the later ships, like you have it in Concordia with the extra... Right, like a conveyor, if you will. Yeah, this conveyor belt, you know, of delivering ships to right. you, yeah. So, and on the, on the back of that, if you turn it over to the reverse side, you will find a different ship market where there are no extra costs, but only the first three ships are loaded with coal if they enter the sea. So you can buy a potentially younger and better ship for the original price, but then you have to sacrifice the opportunity of transporting rapidly because it enters the, the game the without coal on it. Coal. So that's right. another interesting variant. Okay. Yeah. So was that was that part of the trimming process, or was that one of those? Well, we could do this, but let's just keep it at the base game and then just offer it as a variant. Well, honestly, we have the shipping market, and we have this possibility to turn it over to the reverse side what will we do for uh, best ideas needed <laughs> okay yeah very cool well good congratulations on finally getting transatlantic uh birthed yeah. and out into the world yes. so i am looking forward to it as i'm sure thousands of people out there are so mac thank you very much for taking thank you so time. much i really appreciate yeah. it yeah all I right cheers cheers